Today, the Democrats refuse to call unborn babies human beings. Ron DeSantis beats Donald Trump in a 2024 straw poll. And district attorneys in NYC drop most of the looting cases that happened during the riots of the summer. Huh, that's interesting because I, well, we'll get into it. Uh, you're not going to want to miss this one. And it all starts right now. Welcome to the News and Why It Matters. I'm Sarah Gonzalez. Today, uh, reporting to you not from the tundra that we usually are reporting from, but today it is basically the desert in here. I blame ERCOT, and I would just like to use this opportunity to say uh, Prather2022.com. Make sure to go there. I'm joined today by Eric July, Blaze TV contributor, uh, as well as Matthew Mosden. Matthew Mosden, actor and producer. Did I? That was really That was bad. great. Yeah. Was it? Yeah. Okay. I could like just go to England and pretend like I was one of them. Totally. Until they got really radical and then I'd be like, get me out of here. I don't want anything to do with this. All right. Uh, we've got a lot to get into. Namely, this interesting, this cute little uh, game that the Democrats play, which is, uh, you know, refusing to acknowledge that unborn babies are in fact human beings in the womb. It's not like a cantaloupe or like a goat or something. It is actually a human being. So a couple different clips here to go over. This is, of course, in reference to an, an upcoming Supreme Court case that is set to consider a state ban on abortions after 15 weeks. Uh, so top Democrats are being asked about this issue, uh, knowing that it is coming down the pipeline. So let's go first to Nancy Pelosi, who during a press briefing on Capitol Hill was asked uh, if she believes that unborn babies who are uh, 15 weeks old in the womb are considered human beings. Watch. The Supreme Court this fall will review a Mississippi law that bans most abortions after 15 weeks of pregnancy. Is an unborn baby at 15 weeks a human being? Let me just say that I am a big supporter of Roe v. Wade. Uh, I am a mother of five children in six years. I think I have some standing on this issue as to respecting a woman's right to choose. Is it a human being? Yes. Yeah, yes, ma'am. Huh. That's weird because I didn't hear her say that she has uh, any standing on any like uh, the baby's feelings just because there's a it's a baby that they're talking about. But uh, nonetheless, here is Jen Psaki, who was asked the same question, uh, kind of the same answer, but here's that exchange. Go ahead. Oh, go. One last question. Sure. Um, does the president believe that a 15-week-old unborn baby is a human being? Are you asking me if the president supports a woman's right to choose? Yes, he does. Go ahead. Oh. Okay, well, there you have it. So no uh, top Democrats, including the president of the United States, through his White House press secretary, uh, can actually say that a 15-week-old baby in the womb is, in fact, a human being. I'm just, just, gentlemen, uh, entertain me here for a second. I was under the impression that these people were the party of science. <laughs> that is what I've heard. They tell me to follow the science. I do follow the science, and it turns out that it is, in fact, uh, a human life that is inside the womb, or am I wrong? And I just happened to give birth uh, last year to, like, a sheep. <laughs> Well, uh, you didn't give birth to a sheep, not that I'm aware of. Uh, but seriously, though, you have to understand that 
their entire premise works upon the idea that it's not that. Mm. But they aren't completely oblivious to the fact that if they come out and say it's not a human being, well, that sounds um, bad. Um, and it also is contradictory, uh, rather more of a performative contradiction um, if you say that it, let's say, is not. So they're not, oh, they're aware at least of that. But you have to understand that their entire premise, like everything, it rests upon, well, they say that it's not that, which is why it's okay to get them up out of there mm-hmm. uh, because it's not a, not a human being. So uh, it's interesting to see that they're getting these questions. Um, now, I don't expect them to actually press them uh, on it like we see. It's like, unfortunately, like with, with Jen Psaki, she says that and instead of Jen Psaki actually answering the question, which right. she didn't, right. she said, do you mean the white too? She said, yeah, wait a minute, that wasn't what you just asked her. Right. Wouldn't you just said, no, that's not. She just corrected it and said, no, that actually isn't what I, what I, what I asked you. Uh, we're asking you if you believe that at 15 weeks that that is a human being that is inside of the womb. So they're aware. They just don't want to answer uh, the question. Unfortunately, they don't have to uh, because it's not like they're going to get fastball. They'll continue to get softball. Uh, questions from them or rather hey we'll throw it to you but we won't actually grill you on it. Mm-hmm. Well my issue as well is is about the way the discussion is framed right and we seem to be giving up the way that the discussion the, the words that are used and the way that the whole argument is framed right because the whole premise on the right to choose puts us on the back foot right mm-hmm. oh you don't it's you're against a woman's right to choose well then, then you're anti-democratic. Then you 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 want to you want to suppress, which is a, a completely the antithesis of what we're about, right? Mm-hmm. So, initially, well, I think what we should do is we should stop talking like this and say, listen, it's abortion. And every time that they say it's the right to choose, no, it's about killing a baby. Kill- and then, obviously, they can't say it's a human being, right? Because right. then that undermines the whole thing. But but here's the other thing. Do dolphins have rights? I, I, I hear the Delta smelt has rights. So, so exactly what is it before the 15 weeks? Can we identify that is? And then, okay, let's say it's not. Let's say it's not a baby, which is insane, right? What is it? And does it have rights? Right. And, and, if it, and if it doesn't, then at what point does it? And does why? It? And most importantly, yeah. why? Yeah. Why, is that, why does the answer change depending on... Uh, what week, you know, necessarily it is. And again, that's those are very difficult questions uh, to answer, but they, they and they know they can't. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, they don't have to. It's not like they're going to see any any consequence. But you're completely correct. And like, that's the way to frame it. Like, I, I've always hated those false dichotomies, really, and how they 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 gear the question. It's like, are you pro-choice versus pro uh, uh, pro-life? And it's like, well, you know, the whole premise operates on valuing the life mm-hmm. at the end of the day so the idea isn't necessarily that you have whether you do or have don't have the right to quote unquote choose it's like we accept that aggression is bad upon any human being why is it that when it's in your stomach it suddenly goes out the window so the the person that you're dealing with isn't you so it's not about your right to choose because at that point well does the baby have a right to choose if that baby wants to then 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 live well, they never obviously got asked. So you're completely right. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's an unfortunate, uh, and I, I think that wasn't necessarily by accident and how they were able to kind of force the entire conversation into a, uh, a false dichotomy. I think they do this all the time, though. I think, I think this is, you know, claiming the, in the way that they've claimed the culture, they've also claimed the way we talk about things, yeah. claim the way we talk about it, which, which absolutely ties our hands. And if we just spoke about how absolutely brutal these things are and people see that, 
Because, you know, like you say, a right to choose. It's so, it's... It, so right, do you, what, do you, what do you want to choose? Do you want right. do you want a uh, rocky road or do you want this? <laughs> yeah, it's it's yeah. so lame. But if you say no, this is killing a human being. This is killing a baby human being. And of course, the other argument is why is it when a baby is killed with the mother, it's a double homicide? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Like why is that? So so we clearly, as you said before, we're moving away from science. We're, we're moving away from any kind of legal definition. And it's this kind of finagling. And the truth is, is they can't answer it. Mm-hmm. Right? They can't. That's why they ignore and then they they palm it off but we really need to stop and, and for me as well stop saying pro-life mm. stop saying pro-life doesn't mean anything i, I don't think i think mm. are you are you against abortion yeah. that's what it that's is the position, right? that's yeah. the position yeah. yeah um you know it is interesting because um we do have this supreme court case that is coming up and obviously this is going to be uh, uh really kind of trying the um, the viability part of Roe versus Wade, because, you know, I guess you could make the argument way back when that they wanted it to be safe, legal and rare. And it was based upon viability that that was much different when Roe v. Wade came down the pike. So now, you know, we're talking about um, what was what was the baby uh, control? What, how, how old was the baby that just that just celebrated his first birthday? It was like eight, 131 days premature. This baby was just celebrated his first birthday. So obviously that is not, you know, I, I know the doctor said, oh, this baby has a zero percent chance of surviving. And he did. But I mean, you can make the case that a lot of these states that we have that have, you know, 21, uh, 21, 25 week ban on abortion, all of these that's still you've got viability there. And so it'll be interesting to see um, to see how it plays out. I do also want to get to uh, the the issue of the... So in the same press conference with Jen Psaki, uh, they discussed, of course, the U.S. Catholic bishops overwhelmingly approved the drafting of a teaching document that many of them hope will rebuke Catholic politicians. This is including uh, President Biden for receiving communion. Um, so Jen Psaki was asked about this as well during the same press conference. I, I don't know about you guys, but I'm, I'm actually surprised that these questions are coming the way that they are. Are they giving the follow-ups? No, you know, uh, right. excuse me, ma'am, you didn't actually answer yeah. my question. <laughs> no, but I'm surprised that these questions are even coming the way that they are. Mm-hmm. Uh, but here is here is that exchange. Watch. The U.S. Conference of Catholic Bishops is, is writing a document to clarify uh, who should receive communion. And uh, this is targeted at politicians, people who have a high public profile. Um, what's the president's reaction to this? Uh, Well, Joe Biden is a strong man of faith, um, and as he noted just a couple of days ago, it's personal. Uh, He goes to church, as you know, uh, nearly every weekend. He even went when we were on our overseas trip. Um, But it's personal to him. He doesn't see it through a political prism, and we're not going to comment otherwise on the inner workings of the Catholic Church. By the bishops, make the president reconsider his public support for policies uh, that, you know, uh, increase access to abortion or allow access to abortion. Again, the, the president's uh, faith is personal. Uh, it's something that has helped guide him through uh, some challenging moments in his life. And that's how many Americans see their faith as well, not through a political prism. Uh, so I would suspect he will continue to attend church as he has for many, many years. He doesn't see it through a political prism. 
I, Matt's oh. laughing. I, I, it's just completely amusing to me. I mean, that's just the most garbage answer ever, right? <laughs> I mean, it is. It's yeah. ridiculous. I mean, I'm a practicing Catholic, and the truth is, is that you cannot receive communion if you're pro-abortion. Mm -hmm. And people kind of say, oh, well, but, but look, there are plenty of other choices. There are, I don't know, 300 odd different denominations of Christianity. Go to another one. I, I don't understand why people are obsessed with bending the rules of the church to fit them when they can just go somewhere else. It's great. Choice, right? <laughs> you have the right to choose. Go and choose somewhere else. But the truth is you cannot take the Eucharist if your, your soul is in a state of mortal sin. And that means you cannot be pro-abortion, period. That's it. And he's now the most pro high profile, apart from Francis, the most high profile Catholic on the planet. Mm. And they've had to do something about this because at the end of the day, they can't say the UCCB, is that the, the uh, American bishops had to say something. Yeah. And they're right, by the way. Yeah. Uh, it's, yeah, it's Joe Biden and Nancy Pelosi, who is also a practicing Catholic, Eric. <laughs> And she just loves abortion <laughs> so much. I, I love that. <laughs> no, look, I get it. And that, wouldn't that be awesome if politicians or really anybody sought to keep whatever personal preferences and social approaches that they had outside of the realm of politics? That'd be fantastic. The problem is Joe Biden doesn't do that. None of them do that. Nancy Pelosi has never done that. There are plenty of issues that they have absolutely no, no issue uh, uh, having their personal hell, the entire political uh, uh, platform of the Democratic Party is one of basically trying to influence their personal moral positions mm -hmm. um, and, and, and utilize the, the law to make sure that is enacted. So really, you can't even separate that that from it, which is why I would argue if that is something that you hold, hold true, you might as well not even be in the realm uh, of politics. You know, definitely. I obviously would never enter the, enter the realm of politics, but obviously there's going to become some sort of conflict there. So I would give him that. I would give Nancy Pelosi that if that was something that they were consistent on, on every other issue. But that's simply not the case. So I get why they're asking them. Uh, that that question, because you're right, Joe Biden, he's a high profile Catholic and uh, them sort of crafting of these documents is directly in a response to exactly that, because you're seeing these high, high profile people that are among a, lo a lot of really churches that unfortunately are saying things and advocating for things and using the state in order to do that. Things that are antithetical to the church. Mm -hmm. Right. And that is really if you want to get to the nitty gritty, regardless of denomination. But that's where we're at. So, you know, I, I expect him not to answer that question, but I'd give them a way more leeway if they were anything remotely consistent. I, I also love. So you just reminded me. I also love that they don't like when Amy Coney Barrett was was up for, you know, uh, not nominated. And they were like, oh, she can't do her job because of her religion. And she can't, well, look at, well, she can't possibly, but she's tainted. She has a conflict of interest. And now they're like, well, it's a personal preference. <laughs> I guess well, so. you can be very, very religious. And you, you just don't have to see it through a political prism, okay? It's personal. <laughs> it's very interesting how all of a sudden it can just be personal. Well, it's, and that's the it. hypocrisy is unbelievable. Yeah. And I think, you know, it's going back as well to the abortion issue. If you go back to that, that issue, Everything that they're building, the platform they're building on, is based on nothing mm -hmm. underneath, right? But everything is kind of that they talk about is supporting each other, 
right, whether it's abortion, we'll support this, we'll support that, we'll support this. And if you start picking away at one corner of it, the whole house of cards is going to come down. Mm. And that's a major issue because if you start talking about, well, hang on a second, are you using abortion as, uh, as contraception? Mm. Well, then hang on a second, we've got to look at the morality of, of, of the way we live our lives and we've got to address that, mm. right? We've got to change that. Same with Biden with the Eucharist. Well, hang on a second, if you're a practicing Catholic and you're this, you're that, and it's, I am really shocked that they're holding them accountable and asking them these questions. I can only imagine it's because they want to get rid of him. <laughs> anyway. That's, that's yeah, yeah, maybe right so. Uh, <laughs> all right, we've got more to come. First, we want to thank our sponsor, Bambi. So if you are a small business owner, you already know this. I'm not telling you anything you don't already know, but HR issues can totally kill your entire company. You can be liable for wrongful termination suits. You've got all these minimum wage requirements, labor regulations. They've, the government makes it very hard to run a small business all by yourself. There's a lot of red tape there, and you may be thinking, well, an HR manager can help me. But you uh, you, what you may not know is that their salaries are an average of $70,000 a year. So that is a pretty penny that you're going to spend all just on that. That is why you need Bambi. It is spelled B-A-M-B-E-E. -E. It was created specifically for you, the entrepreneur. You can get a dedicated HR manager. They can craft your HR policy, maintain all of your compliance for $99 a month. They can do onboarding. They can do terminations. They can do it all and again, it is $99 a month. Uh, by the way, it's month to month. You can cancel anytime. There's no hidden fees. All right. So you go back to why you got into business, which is to make money. Okay. And if any of you say that you didn't go into business because you wanted to make money, then you shouldn't be in business. All right. Go to Bambi.com slash matters right now to schedule your free HR audit. That is a free HR audit only at Bambi, B-A-M-B-E-E.com slash matters. The Western Conservative Summit, Florida Republican Governor Ron DeSantis was ranked above former President Donald Trump in the straw poll, asking voters about their preferred candidate for the 2024 presidential race. Um, this is, of course, I mean, this is one of the top conservative summits. Um, now, they did use an approval method that allowed participants to you could vote for multiple people. Um, so it, the calculations, when I give you the percentages, it's not going to like total a hundred percent, but, uh, Ron DeSantis, the top five candidates. All right. And this is in order of most approval to least approval. Ron DeSantis at 74%, Donald Trump at 71%, Ted Cruz at 43%, Mike Pompeo at 39% and Senator Tim Scott at 36%, and um, former Vice President Mike Pence came in in 10th place, um, which I'm shocked he even came in uh, number 10 and not lower. Um, and then, Lemmy, I want to get your thoughts on this. DeSantis slightly edging out Donald Trump, because I do think that that is an interesting find. But let me give you the top-ranked issues, according to the, uh, the conservative summit attendees. So immigration and border security, 82%. At the top of the list, followed by election integrity, 79 percent, religious freedom, 74 percent, federal budget, debt and deficit, also 74 percent, gun rights, 73 percent. So those are some of the top ranked issues. Um, election integrity came out of nowhere. I wonder why, Eric. <laughs> I mean, I because I would just like to say Joe Biden is the most popular president of all time. 
I There's nothing to see here. Eric's like, I don't want to get you yanked from YouTube, yeah, so I'm yeah. going to walk I'm through gonna, this I'm very carefully. I'm going to with you. Absolutely, you have to. But seriously, when it comes to DeSantis, and I've been, I've had my disputes with people that are on that side of the aisle because, yeah, no, I'm not technically a, a conservative. I am. A, I'm a libertarian. And I just think if you have someone that is, that you feel is doing a good job, uh, that is taking the pro-liberty position that, you know, uh, on, on certain positions, I would imagine that you'd want him to stay where he's at. Mm. So while I understand the appeal to getting a guy like DeSantis in the White House uh, because you like him, you're like, oh, okay, definitely if you don't live there, if you're like, oh man, this is, this guy seems to be doing some awesome things. And I'm like, why would you want to take him away from doing just that? Because because he could do awesome things for the whole country instead of well, just for the state of Florida. Potentially, or, or he could have his hands tied um, because of whether it be we don't know what the congressional makeup would be in the event that he is uh, in that position and he may not be able to do what he could do mm. uh, in the event that he is the president. So I would argue that, you know, and it's just me, it's my personal opinion that he should stay exactly where he was he is at and i would say i would say i would make that same claim for anybody really anywhere that is uh wanting to kind of leave their post to get to a more like national uh, uh oriented let's say position because you're not going to be as Im impactful um at least to that particular area so would i rather have an area that i know can let's say be a safe haven if you will for the pro-liberty position or what I have to throw basically it's going to be a lottery because again you don't know what the congressional makeup is going mm -hmm. to be and we have this potential that it could be better than what it is and meanwhile you get some other idiot uh, that gets in that position let's say in Florida and then overturns everything it is that he he wants to do I just it's just something that I think a lot of people need to take in consideration when they want to take people that they think are doing good jobs at the state and local level and try to throw them up there in the White House but how but then how do you find how do you find who you bring to the White House if you don't have people climbing I, I don't think that you have to focus on people that are specifically in positions of like being a, a, a former governor or something like that I think it's more likely if they maybe are a former senator or former house house of uh, uh, representative and you had some good ones but you didn't want Ron Paul instead you wanted Romney and you <laughs> oh wanted boy, McCain imagine that yes <laughs> I, I, will, I will still to this day I will never let you conservatives live that down that you wanted John McCain you wanted John McCain and Mitt Romney over Ron Paul. I will never forgive you guys for that. So you get what you deserve. <laughs> well, I mean, look, I, I think that there's a number of reasons why this has happened. I mean, firstly, what I'd like to say is when you look at, I mean, DeSantis has done a fantastic job, right? But what he's also done is just returned back to us the things that shouldn't have been taken right, away in the first right, place, right? right? So we're like, oh, yeah, he's, he's opened it up. Well, we shouldn't have been closed yeah, down in the yeah, first bingo, place, yeah. bingo, right? Bingo, so, yep. so initially, you're looking at just competence, right? Yeah. And I don't know what that says about the other governors. I know there's <laughs> been a few that have been good, but you know what I mean? Right. Oh, you're, you're allowed to go out to restaurants. Well, thank you very much. I'm <laughs> so glad. Me do thank you for giving me my, my freedom again. Yeah. For me to get that. my liberty back. Well, thank you. No, but but what he's done is by doing these things, he's become a national figure. And he just, and I've spoken to my friends about this all the time, is it's not about who the best politician is. It's not, it's who is a star. Mm -hmm. Who is the person that can get up and they can speak on a platform and communicate very well. He's very polished. Um, everything he says and has done has been very sensible. And in the wackadoodle world that we live in right now, we're like, thank you for saying yeah. what we're all thinking when we're at home, you know, but we can't say outside else will be ostracized so I think there's an element to that and I also think there's an element of of a little bit of fatigue because because President Trump would 
I mean, it'd be all that stuff coming back again. I just don't think people are... A lot of people do want it. They're like, yeah, we want to get back. But a lot of people are like, you know what? He's opened the door for, for a run from DeSantis and DeSantis Pompeo. You heard it here first. Mm-hmm. Oh, just saying. Oh, okay. Ticket. And, that's uh, an interesting ticket. Yeah, I think, I think that's what it will be. Yeah. Well, I mean, so you bring up a great point, Matt, because I do think that there are a lot of people who, I mean, as much as they would love for President Trump to be president right now, right this very second, also the idea that he would go back to running and you'd have to battle the media for all this, you know, I mean, assuming that he gets in, what, the, there's campaign time plus the four years. So, what, another six years of just battling the, the mainstream media constantly? Call, you know, he's a white supremacist. He's a racist. He's this. He's that. It does seem like it's just very uh, agonizing to have to go through again. But then another part of me is like, why would the man want to go through mm-hmm. that? Well, I mean, if I were him, I would feel very confident in my ability to just say, you know what? I thought I was going to run. Thought about it. Decided I didn't want to. I know I would have won. But instead, I'm going to pass the torch to, you know, DeSantis or whoever it is that they decide that they want to pass the torch to. And then he kind of he gets to walk out of it saying, yeah, I could have won because the Democrats are really unpopular. But I just decided to go live my private life out Grace, well, uh, not gracefully, it is President Trump, but, uh, yeah, but I mean, I, I do think that there are a lot of people who, as much as they, because I, I just want to be clear, because I know a lot of people are like, but we love President Trump. It's not to say that, you're not saying that they, these are not people who don't love President Trump. Not at all. You just don't want to fight that battle anymore. Well, I just, I just think there's fatigue. Yeah. And, and also, there's a question, I mean, uh, the guy has more energy than anyone I know, oh, yeah. right, than anyone I know. But there is a question of how old is President Trump going to be? Right. when he's going up. We've seen what's happening with Biden. Uh, and then you look at DeSantis, who's a younger guy. Yeah. He's probably got a, 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 a bigger you know, legacy to have after he comes out of office if he gets in. Mm-hmm. So, you know, people, um, I think it's, an, it's also, it's a game, right? It's an educated guess on who should be running and, and, and if they fail this time, what is coming afterwards. So, you know, this is a, we're not just talking about regular folk on the street that really want him in. We're talking about, you know, um, um, political people, right? You, you know, that, yeah. that analyze these kind of things, and will will you know? But again, I mean, I think he, will he run? I don't know. I mean, probably. You know, you, you can think? still him. I don't know. I, I I've never put anything past. Trump. That's fair. That's fair. Uh, all right. We got to go to break. First, we want to thank our sponsor, Taser. So um, I know those of you out there, you guys, we all love our guns. We love our Second Amendment rights. But here's something you may not have considered, especially if you or one of your loved ones is in one of the many states now that tries to make it impossible for you to be able to safely protect yourself. You got to check out Taser. All right. Uh, Taser's line of non-lethal self-protection devices. They're small. They're lightweight. You can carry them with you in your glove compartment, in your purse, and they're definitely powerful enough to incapacitate an attacker. Um, They use an electrical charge to immobilize attackers for up to 30 seconds. So you do what you got to do, and then you have time to escape and send emergency dispatch to your GPS location. More than 237,000 lives have been saved with the Taser network of devices. So again, if you have a loved one who is maybe in a place like California, New York, somewhere where they make it impossible for them to be able to protect themselves 
please consider getting them a taser. All right. Taser devices are available without a permit in most of the states. You can get the Taser Pulse Plus Taser Strike Light. Uh, one of those. Check them out at taser.com with promo code Y. You will save 15% only at T-A-S-E-R.com. Use promo code Y. That is taser.com. Promo code Y. Uh, Democratic Senator Sheldon Whitehouse was confronted over the weekend about his membership in an elite all-white beach club. Now, this is, of course, the uh, Juneteenth National Independence Day weekend. And, I mean, I'm, I know that it would not surprise either of you to hear that the Democrats are hypocritical in mostly every single thing that they do. So, uh, Whitehouse and his wife are members of this all-white private Bailey's Beach Club in Newport. And here's a little bit of this exchange. Okay. A little close. Okay. Back in 2017, you had expressed concerns about the membership of the all-white Bailey's Beach Club, said that you hoped it would become more diverse. Now, your family's been members. Your wife is one of the largest shareholders. Has there been any traction in that? Are there any minority members of the club now? I think the people who are running the place are still working on that, and I'm sorry it hasn't happened yet. Um, do you have concerns in 2021? I mean, obviously it's been four years. You had remarks on the floor following the deaths of Breonna Taylor and George Floyd saying, you know, hoping to root out systemic racism in the country. Um, your thoughts on an elite, all-white, wealthy club again in this day and age, um, you know, should these clubs continue to exist? It's a long tradition in Rhode Island, and there are many of them. Uh, I think we just need to work our way through the issues. Thank you. <sighs> it's a long tradition. Is that really a re Is that a reason, Eric? I think slavery was a tradition, too, <laughs> at one point. I'm not sure that's a reason to continue it. Let's use leftist logic for a second. <laughs> and, uh, I mean, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Look, man, these guys, definitely, and you're probably going to know better than anybody here when you're dealing with the elites. You have to take whatever they say. It's not even with a grain of salt. I would argue you can actually pay attention to the opposite of what it is to say, and you're probably going to make the safest bet. But all of that stuff that they lecture everybody else about when it becomes talks about diversity, mm -hmm. and don't get me wrong, people that watch my channel, they know I, I call all of those hack positions, like the concept of diversity, representation. These are nonsensical terms. Generally, when they are used, it does not matter. It does not mean that they're, that the makeup of something is wrong, or rather that he got there by way of a wrongdoing, just because there's a majority, a minority, or even an exclusivity in, in some capacity. But that's the corner that they painted themselves right, in right, right there. And uh, again, that only, though, applies to, to you guys. I think for a lot of people that love these Hollywood elites, the political elites who they're stupid enough to think that they have their back or that they live like that. No, they will. They only touch folks from like afar. You know, they'll come out, they'll hit sit there, maybe wave at you uh, a little bit. They'll go to an award show, uh, of course, but it's always afar. And then they go back to their like own communities. And usually they do have a lot of exclusivity. You can ask that uh, Patrice Khan Colors uh, chick of Black Lives Matter and you consider where she was going uh, in L.A., which was like a 99 percent white uh, area. She had no no problem raising people, uh, rather youngsters there and living out her life purchasing obviously those properties so that's only from afar it sounds good for y'all do they want that diversity representation all that other nonsense of course not and i wouldn't grill them i would not grill them if they were hypocrites
Yeah, uh, man. <laughs> no, I mean, the, the hypocrisy is, is uh, deafening, it's right? Laughable. I mean, it's, it's so, like you said, I always look and I say, if someone is pointing the finger at someone on that side, you can be guarantee that they're doing it themselves. Yeah. But, but here you have two issues, right? You have a moral issue with him and you have a stupidity issue <laughs> with him, right? Because morally, like, I would never want to be a part of a club that is all white. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I just, I think that is, it, it's disgusting to me but if i was running for office right i'd make sure that i wasn't a member of a club <laughs> yeah. that was all white right mm -hmm. even if i if i was a scumbag scheming person i would go you know what i want to win or and, and you can only come to one conclusion i believe about that is they think they're above it all that no one's going to do anything that the people that they are i mean look you know we know the demographics of voting for democrats mm -hmm. right and and they just think it's not going to affect me. Yeah. We're still going to get the votes anyway. And I think I remember when Stephen Smith said that he said, "Just vote Republican once, right?" to the yeah. to the black community. And I think that that was a really smart thing because why don't you why don't you if if your vote is in the can, then nobody has to work for you. Nobody has to yeah. do anything, yeah. right? And I think so here. This guy, I mean, can you imagine? Like, he didn't even run away. Like he was just like, yeah, okay, well, uh, it's a very difficult piece of tradition. <laughs> oh, that's okay then. All right, you go ahead. And yeah. Can you imagine if a Republican had said that? And by the way, this comes after it was in 2006, I think, that he was campaigning for U.S. Senate that he promised to quit his membership. It's now 2021, and he's still there. They don't, have to, they don't have to live up to really anything it is that they say, because I think it goes back. It's not like they're going to see any consequences. Right. Who's going to do, do anything? This will be out of the news cycle. He'll continue to do whatever he's doing with whatever beach club, if they even do uh, address whatever problem. Again, that's, it's only a problem because they made it a problem. Right, Again, you're right, never, right. ever catching me arguing about that. I've said time and time again, there are plenty of things that people do that have a particularly like a demographic that may sway in one way. A majority minority here, exclusivity here, it is it is what it is. But when you talk yourself into that that game and again they only say that from afar but when you talk that up of course people are going to try to find like is this person even living living yeah. the way they are and then you get that one person that wait a minute you you can't be lecturing everybody and pontificating all of that when you sitting out there with a, in an all-white beach club or whatever and ain't doing nothing about it so that's only a problem because the way that they make it and i don't think they're i do it thinking that part they're stupid because they don't understand that all that stuff could be be avoided if you just were, were honest. But because, I mean, we're seeing this definitely in the last like five years. That is the push with all of the elites and everything it is that they do. Mm -hmm. Signaling about diversity, representation. Uh, you, you know, I was just reading the other day, like, for example, with Amazon Studios, they're talking about having like basically it's affirmative action uh, effectively, it's but it's like worse than that. Like everything has to have like a 30 percent non-white male demographic if they're even it doesn't matter if it's production, catering or anything. It's all it's all jacked up. And that's what they're they're focusing on. But a lot of those guys in their own personal lives, they ain't, they ain't living that. Mm -hmm. Hell, you can look at your Congress folk. Um, I hate to, you know, I'm, I'm not against interracial marriages or anything like that, but I'm just saying the soul is a lot. A lot of these guys that be definitely the the uh, those the part of the squad, yep. a lot of them are in interracial relationships talking about how much they hate the white man. That's yeah. all I'm saying. Yeah. And what about Mar-a-Lago as well? Weren't they like criticizing mm -hmm. Trump about Mar-a-Lago yeah. and, and the history that Mar-a-Lago had when he actually 
opened it up to everyone. So right. again, it's it's a it's bizarre. And by the way, Hollywood's really suffering for for this this uh, diversity push. Everyone's talking about it behind the behind the uh, behind the curtain because the truth is is as we all know is some people gravitate to certain absolutely. jobs. Absolutely, that means right? it's not a wrongdoing. It's just that's that's the reality. You put it. It's absolutely perfect. And that's the unfortunate thing when you obsess. And I'm serious, guys. No matter what it is, definitely if you're in an artistic or creative space like we both are, you have to acknowledge that reality. Mm -hmm. And that is that there are people gravitate towards certain things by way of culture. So they're go they're, that means, obviously, there's going to be a certain demographic that is performing whatever in whatever subculture. Unfortunately, they look at that under or over representation and they think that there's a wrongdoing because right. of yeah. that right not all the time is is that the case sometimes it's natural man right. they don't get it they yeah. don't get it all right uh we've got more to come but we got to take a break we'll be back Uh, district attorneys in New York City have dropped looting cases against hundreds of suspects who were charged in all of last year's uh, summer riots after the death of George Floyd. Uh, now, this apparently, according to NYPD data, there were 118 arrests made in the Bronx in early June last year. This was during the worst part of all of the riots. Uh, now, a lot of these, they were caught on surveillance footage. They were bragging about it on social media, which I have to say, really stupid. Probably if you're committing crimes, don't brag about it on Twitter, you big dumb idiots. Uh, but uh, the district attorney uh, in the Bronx has reportedly dismissed 73 of those 118 cases. That's more than 60%. Uh, there have been 19 convictions for mostly lesser counts. So like trespassing, that doesn't carry any jail time. And there are 18 cases that remain open. Now, I do want to get your thoughts on this, gentlemen, especially as the people, you know, like the grandmas and grandpas who wandered into uh, the Capitol um, on January 6th are still being held with no idea when they get out, when they are going to have access to, you know, lawyers, anything like that. They're still being held. And um, these people uh, actually were setting buildings on fire, looting places, stealing and they get their cases dismissed. But I do want to also bring into the conversation the business owners that are in the area apparently are disgusted, according to local reporting. So all of the business owners, they say it's disgusting. Well, not all. The business owners who were interviewed said that it was disgusting. I was in total shock that everything is being brushed off to the side. Uh, they could do it again because they know they won't get the right punishment. Um, so I got a couple questions for you guys. Number one, um, are you? How, how do you think that this is going to play? out as far as crime in these areas because it seems like it's basically telling everyone hey you can do this scot-free and number two um when are people going to get the hell out of these cities well you know i mean there's there's more than just the enabling of criminals right it's an incentivization for them to go out it's incentive for them to go out and, and loot because you want a pair of sneakers go smash a shop and steal them because it's also it has a trickle-down effect right so you don't have to work for what you mm -hmm. what you mm -hmm. Uh, yeah, yeah, purchase yeah. anymore right and also think about the cops right you're a cop you're going out there every night and you're putting your life on the line to stop these people and what's going to happen you're going to take them in and then all they go do all the paper they're going to start going you know what yeah 
It's not worth For it. For what? Yeah. It's not worth it. I mean, I know that uh, certainly in California, I mean, the rise, one of the reasons why I left was the rise in crime was unbelievable just in my little area. And cops were trying to get out. They were mm -hmm. like, what can we do? We can't stop and search. We can't do this. We can't do that. So it's a disaster. And it's societal uh, as well because it, it, it pushes down on the kids, right? Because the kids go, hang on a second. I don't have to work. I don't have to get an education. I don't have to. I can just go out and loot and get what I what I want, right? So there is going to be a pushback, and I really fear that it's not going to be the kind of pushback that they're anticipating, you know, because there's going to come a time when people are going to go, you know what, come through that door, and yeah. you're going to get popped. I'm yeah. sorry, but, you know, if people are going to start defending yep. their own, especially yep. when it starts moving into people's communities. And because, you know, once you've looted a store, why don't you go and steal that guy's Audi? Right. Why don't you go and take his TV set from, it's, it's easier. Yeah. Yeah, you're being taught that there are no consequences, Eric. Yeah, I mean, theft is one of my pet peeves. I've made that, made that clear. I mean, obviously, we big fan. Eric, so Eric here is a big fan of private property. Private, private rights is the foundation <laughs> of everything it is that I believe. And what you're doing right now is uh, there are so many layers to this. I'm going to try to speed through it. But for sure, you're telling people just exactly what you said is that you're incentivizing them to continue on with their bad behavior. And obviously, the business owners who are going to be the ones impacted are going to be frustrated because in the event that people decide they want to start kicking down doors, breaking glass windows, windows to take what they get, it's not the, the DA that's going to be punished. It's going to be those individual business owners mm -hmm. who have to gonna go through all of this complication, co complicated paperwork. If they have the insurance, we'll see all of that sort of stuff that they're going to have to deal with. The other problem is, and now, yeah, I get it, different area. But like you mentioned, with the grandmas waving red, uh, uh, you know, little U.S. flags walking in. Oh, you mean it's insurrectionist, the insurrection, Eric? Of course. I'm sorry. The siege <laughs> and the unarmed coup uh, that, that, that we saw there. You notice how they were able to word it, as I mentioned on the show before, how they were somehow attacking you. Yeah. When they did that. And this is why they're still sitting here trying to, you know, you had people in, in solitary confinement. Mm -hmm. It was insane what they were doing mm -hmm. to some of these people in the event that they kicked their feet up on Nancy Pelosi's desk. But they can burn down your business. They could they could set your business on fire. They could take everything up out of there and there will be no consequence for it. This is why when I call them the criminal class and people think that I'm being like I'm speaking in some sort of hyperbole, you're being dramatic. No, they are absolutely <laughs> criminals they do not obviously care about you and they know that they don't play by the same rules but imagine that where they know they got them on tape they got them on tape they got them on tape they know you, they know they did it and they're saying you know what no we're not gonna do anything so you see and this is why i always hated the fact that they were worded in a way okay you're attacking uh, the people in the event that you kick your feet up on Nancy Pelosi's desk. No, you're attacking the people when you go attack their shops, mm -hmm. when you go attack their businesses. And it goes, it's not just with the business owner, it's with the people that work there who no longer have a job because they can't work because ain't nothing in there to sell. Mm -hmm. This is the criminal class at work because if you went to the DA or you went to the federal or wherever they were at, oh, it's, oh wait, we're going to come get you. But they can burn down your stuff. It really shows you how they feel about you. Mm -hmm. Amen. All right, we got to take a break. We'll be back. Hey, those of you who are watching on, maybe you're watching on YouTube, Blaze TV, Pluto, wherever you are watching this. First of all, thank you for watching. Uh, but second of all, you got to go to wherever you get your audio 
podcasts. And make sure to subscribe, rate, and review the news and why it matters. Not only will it help more people be able to find the show so that they, too, can find the news and why it matters. But if you write a nice review, you may see yours read live on air like the one today from Ellie Jane 86 uh, who says, five stars, never miss an episode. I faithfully watch this show on YouTube or sometimes I'll listen in the car. I love hearing all the different perspectives and expertise about current events. Oh, Sarah is hilarious. And oh, that's nice. Okay. Uh, I, I especially enjoy the sarcasm that comes from pretty much everyone on this show. Highly recommend for keeping up with everything going on. God bless America. Thank you, Ellie. That is very kind of you. Um, you know, it is, it's interesting, too, because I feel like we also have the best representation of, um, like, the, the foreigners who are here now who love America way more than the people who are born here. And I say that, I mean, I obviously Thank say you. that as an endearing thing, but, like, but we've Carry got you, on. we've Carry got on. you, we've yes, got Sidney yes. Watson, we've got Yaku Buyans, yeah. and all of you. It's like you will never find a more patriotic bunch than the people who know how bad it can get. So True. thanks, guys, for being here. It really doesn't blow. Thanks for listening to the News and Why It Matters. We hope you enjoyed the podcast. If you'd like to watch the program, become a Blaze TV subscriber and start your free trial now at blazetv.com.